Hi, everybody. All right. Hi, welcome to your Friday. <laughs> You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and the occasional listener story. So please send us your stories to talkcrooked at gmail.com. We want to hear them all. Yes. Send us stuff. Please. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear from you. And we want to hear spooky Very things. lonely Send over here. stuff, too. Yes. So we're keeping it creepy this week. Mm-hmm. We definitely are. <clears throat> so I have a list from Reader's Digest. Um, <coughs> and this is called 17 Creepy Real Events That Actually Happened on Halloween. Apparently oh, it's dang. been updated since I found it. Um, so oh, wow. we're going to do like the first seven or eight. We'll see how we feel. And then we'll do the rest next week. Because I wanted to keep it kind of creepy since Halloween is upon us now. Well, it's upon you guys. We're still in August. (laughs) (laughs) The very early days of August. Yes. (laughs) But it is Halloween time for you. So this was written by Andy Simmons and Christine Solomon. And let's dive in. All right. So, for some of us, October 31st is the most fun day of the year. For others, it's the spookiest. And here's why. (laughs) Come on, Kay. Get excited. (laughs) God. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm still sleepy. (laughs) Wake up. Okay. So. (laughs) Wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, no. This one's fucked. Um, I actually heard this one <laughs> in a video that I was listening to yesterday, and I was like, oh, I know that one. Um, <laughs> so, in 1992, a 16-year-old Japanese foreign exchange student in Baton Rouge... Okay, I can barely hear you. What are you doing? Oh, my phone's too far away. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in 1992... A 16-year-old Japanese-born exchange student in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, paid the ultimate price after accidentally ringing the wrong doorbell on his way to a Halloween party. Oh, see, this is why I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I, like, call and text, and I'm like, I'm here. Is this your house? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, to be fair, cell phones weren't a thing. Oh, well, that's true. This is 1992. Yeah. But this is why. This is what it's what I'm saying. And also, it's Halloween. Ugh. You should be expecting people Ugh. to come up and ring your doorbell because it's Halloween. That's true. That's true. Um, these all happened on like Halloween Day, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, Yoshihiro Hatori. Sorry, it's okay. Had been unfamiliar <laughs> with the neighborhood when he and a friend arrived at the home of the Rodney Piers. Oh. At the home of Rodney Pierce, a nearby neighbor who opened the door armed with a forty-four Magnum revolver. Although Hattori allegedly said, we're here for the party, Pierce claimed he feared for his life and ordered the student to freeze. Oh my god, what? Mm-hmm. When Hattori misunderstood the command and kept approaching, Pierce shot him. After being... Wow. Mm-hmm. After being questioned, the perpetrator was arrested, but later acquitted of manslaughter. 
It's unknown what kind of Halloween costume Hattori wore to warrant such a reaction. What do you mean it's unknown? Uh, yeah. Um, there wasn't a report filed? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> His and his poor dad, like, um, and the v- dead person was dressed as the creepiest clown of all time. <laughs> like, what? No- nothing. No one wrote it down. No, no one took a picture. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, That's the most half-assed police investigation. It was. Oh my god. Um, <clears throat> his poor dad. He came out like after all this happened, and said that he thought his son was like. He can make himself believe that his son is still in America and he'll be coming home soon. And it's just... Oh, no. Yeah. It was just really sad. That's really sad. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, number two. Harry? All you do is say, you've got the wrong house, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. And you close the door. Especially on Halloween. Oh, my God. Like... What a fucking weirdo. Yeah. There was no reason to shoot him. None. Nobody needs to have their guns out on Halloween. No. Good God. All right. Let's go. (laughs) So, number two. Harry Houdini died after being punched by a college student. What? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. I knew this. (laughs) I didn't. I knew this. I didn't, actually. Um... Famed magician Harry Houdini claimed he could take a blow to the abdomen without being taken down. In October, mm-hmm. And on October 22nd, 1926, a student at McGill University asked if he could prove it. Houdini, who had been sitting in his dressing room during an engagement at the Montreal University, obliged. Although he had allegedly braced himself, the student's four punches left the performer in great pain. After suffering for... Yeah, he had some kind of, like... He had some kind of pre-existing condition or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, After suffering for two days, Houdini decided to seek medical help. But by this time, he was suffering from a severe fever and acute appendicitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. He had appendicitis, and then he got punched in the stomach like a dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come on, men. <laughs> defying de- <laughs> defying de- the doctor's orders, he performed instead of undergoing the recommended emergency surgery. Oh, my God. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's on you, yeah. dude. <laughs> that's a thousand percent on you. Yeah. When the curtains closed, the magician collapsed. Despite having his appendix removed afterward, Houdini passed away on Halloween, surrounded by family. Who were all like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. What is the matter with you? You cancel the show and then you do it later. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, I had a friend in middle school whose appendix exploded. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was in the hospital for like a week and a half. Holy shit. And they had shit. to suction all the, uh, all the goo out of him. Yeah, it was like infected and then it burst. Oh, no, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, like, in his, like, body cavity. It was fucked. You don't fuck with your appendix, man. That thing gets irritated, it's out. Yeah, it's gone. It's just like, (laughs) no. You don't get to... You don't get to put it off. (laughs) 
It is the most overdramatic organ that we have. It's truly so extra, and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, we don't like- need it. <laughs> it should just no. be removed <laughs> upon birth. It's purely <laughs> vestigial, and it causes so many problems. <laughs> Fuck an appendix. I can do this show. No. Oh my god, no, <laughs> sir, you can't. No, you cannot. It's like an organ the size of your big toe, and it will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, a deadly finale. On Halloween Day in Ooh. 1963, the Indiana State Fair held a Holidays on Ice skating exhibition for a crowd of hundreds. The grand finale was not what anyone had expected. <gasps> Unbeknownst to organizers at the Indiana State Fairgrounds Coliseum, propane gas had been leaking from a nearby tank into the poorly ventilated room. Oh, shit! Mm-hmm. During a final act called Mardi Gras, the propane gas caught fire, leading to a horrific explosion that propelled onlookers from their <gasps> chairs. Oh my god! The death toll was 74, and 400 additional people were injured. Well, yeah! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's so scary. Right? Um, okay. So this next one. Okay. A prank gone wrong. Oh god. The tradition of throwing eggs at people on Halloween is, at best, our own. A harmless prank. It's really not, though, and you really shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Throw eggs at buildings, not people. They're very hard. Yeah. Um, And very messy, and it's mean. mm -hmm. It is mean. Halloween is not about being mean. It's about having fun. (laughs) And being spooky. Yes. Um, Oh, it's not like throwing... They didn't throw eggs at him. Okay. Well, but you just said the fun of throwing eggs at people on Halloween. I don't know. You just said that. I don't know why they wrote it that way. That's not what happened. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think it meant, like, throwing eggs in their general direction. Like, throwing, like... Oh. Yeah. It just didn't... It wasn't right. farting in their general direction? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) So, we're just going to say the tradition of throwing eggs at, like, things, cars, stuff like that. Okay. Um, That is different. Yeah. Um, Egg it up. Yes. (laughs) So, the tradition of throwing eggs on Halloween is, at best, a harmless prank. At worst, it can turn deadly. That was the case for Carl Jackson, a 21-year-old data entry clerk at Morgan Stanley, who usually never left the house on Halloween as he thought it was dangerous. On October 31st, 1995, his worst fear became a reality, reports New York Times. Oh my god, this is kind of hilarious. Jackson had decided (laughs) to venture out to pick up his girlfriend's son from a party. Along the way, a group of teens pelted his car with eggs, so Jackson got out to confront (laughs) them. But as he was getting back into the car, one of the pranksters pulled a gun and fatally shot him in the head. Oh my god, what? Yeah. 
That is different okay, than so throwing are, an egg. Where are these? That's where are these Halloween people? Because this is making Halloween sound like the fucking purge. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my god, they're in, they're <laughs> why, insane. Why do people have guns on Halloween? I don't know. It's not a gun holiday. <laughs> and there's masks involved. No, that's dangerous. So anonymity plus power equals danger. No. Yeah. <laughs> Stop that. Uh, okay. We're egging his car. I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> what? He got out, but now he's going back in his car. So it's time to shoot him, obviously. So now I'm going to kill him. Oh, my God. People suck. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. To this- Don't they hear me? You tell them. This next one is <laughs> called Vanished Without a Trace. To this day, no one knows what happened to Cindy Song, a 39-year-old grad student at Penn State University who disappeared without a trace after leaving a Halloween party after midnight in 2001. Song had stopped by a friend's home in the early morning hours, still decked out in her bunny costume, and accepted a lift home at about 4 a.m., Slightly intoxicated, she managed to get inside her home and drop off her belongings, including her backpack and cell phone. She'd even removed her false eyelashes. But Song herself was never seen again. What? Mm -hmm. Investigators found no evidence of foul play and no activity on her credit cards or cell phone. The case eventually went cold. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So she was just gone. Is that it? Yeah. That's the whole story? Yeah. Oh my god, fuck you. What the hell? (laughs) These are all really short. (laughs) Oh my god. That's a story with no resolution. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like it. That needs to be on Unsolved Mysteries for sure. Yeah, it needs to be on Unsolved Mysteries. It needs to be on BuzzFeed Unsolved because I want to know. Oh my god. Hey, did you watch Unsolved Mysteries yet? It's so good. Oh, I need to. I started watching... um, it wasn't Cold Case Files. Maybe I did start watching Unsolved Mysteries. That's what it was. It, the first There's only one, like five. Yeah. I, the first one was an episode about the Puerto Rican guy who... Yes! Yeah. Mm-hmm. The super hot Puerto Rican guy who just like fell through a roof and they have no idea how he got th- through that part of the roof. And oh my God, it's yeah. so crazy. Mm-hmm. The French one is the best. <laughs> I can't wait. Um. Okay, so this next one. A murder predicted... I did not watch the alien one, though. There's an <laughs> alien abduction one that you'll love. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. A murder predicted by a serial killer. <gasps> Who would have thunk? <laughs> David Berkowitz became infamous in the 1970s as the son of Sam serial killer. <sighs> yep. but not many people know that he could also predict the future oh did he really well sort of okay (laughs) no no um oh my god berkowitz was incarcerated when 39 year old ronald sisman and 20 year old elizabeth platzman were beaten and shot to death in their manhattan home in the early morning hours of halloween in 1981 A fellow prisoner claimed that the son of Sam had previously told him that a cult was planning to carry out just such a massacre. Berkowitz was allegedly even able to 
to describe the victim's apartment to a T. But police didn't have enough evidence to charge him with involvement in the murders, which remained unsolved. David Berkowitz sucks. Yeah. He cannot tell the future. No. He makes shit up. That's what he does. (laughs) He saw it somewhere and decided to try to be mystical again for attention because that's what he does. Yeah. Fuck David Berkowitz. He's an idiot. All right. Continue. (laughs) Men and (laughs) men and tutus shouldn't criticize. Oh, my God. What? (laughs) Note to self. Men in tutus is the most fabulous thing I've ever heard of. Right. Uh, (laughs) Not everyone's wearing a costume on Halloween. In 2012, in the early hours of the morning after Halloween, a tutu-clad Marine spotted a a uniform-clad man in a wheelchair and thought the man's costume was a weak attempt at mocking the military. Oh, no. So he attacked him. What? Mm -hmm. As the Marine learned upon his arrest, the man's wardrobe was not a comment on our servicemen and women. He was, in fact, a disabled veteran. Wow. Mm -hmm. That guy is a dumbass and one of the worst people ever. Mm -hmm. And this last one is... You don't, like, ask a question? No. But you're just, like making jumping to conclusions about this like old dude in a military uniform in a wheelchair yeah what's wrong with you caveman instinct carrie they can't help oh it. my god fuck <laughs> fucking toxic masculinity i can't even so this last one that we're gonna do i bet you felt about two inches tall afterwards you feel like a big man now yeah fuck you and your tutu <laughs> So, so this last one, I actually, I also heard this story in Lazy Masquerade's video that I listened to last night, and okay, holy fucking shit, this is the worst guy, the worst okay. man that has ever existed. Oh, this is called right. "There Really Are Monsters." <gasps> it's it's every parent's nightmare. Your child comes Ugh. home from a night of trick-or-treating with spiked candy. One of the Halloween stories that helped propel this fear was the murder of Timothy O'Brien in 1974. Oh, I think I know this one. The eight-year-old from Deer Park, Texas, died Halloween night after ingesting poisoned candy. Making this crime more horrific is the fact that the perpetrator was not a neighbor, but the boy's own father, who sought to cash... What? In- mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> who <Sorry>. sought to <laughs> cash in on his son's life insurance because he was in debt. And uh, he had taken out multiple life insurance policies on his son. So that doesn't have a lot of the information but i can give you more information thanks to lazy masquerade i will try to find that video and link it um there is a there is an mfm episode about this as well georgia covered this one. Oh, nice i'll have to listen on to one that. of their halloween specials yeah. yes because she went through and she did um she did halloween myth thingies mm-hmm. about spiked candy and she did like, actual cases of it and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 
Well, what happened it was, was a really good episode. What happened was uh, Timothy's dad um, was an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but Timothy's dad and one of his friends' parents uh, took Timothy and like five other kids trick or treating, and Timothy's sister was with them as well. And um, they went up to this house, and no one answered the door. So Timothy's dad sent the kids on, and he was like, you guys go ahead. I'm going to stay back for a second and see if they were just, like, taking their time. So they go to another house, and a few minutes later, he runs up and catches up with them and gives them these pixie sticks. And, yes. um That he had in his pocket. Yeah. That he, <laughs> like, he had poured the... um. He had poured the poison in, like he'd opened them, poured the poison in, stapled mm-hmm. them back together, so you couldn't really tell, and <laughs> um, gave them gave them to all the kids, and gave an extra one to another Look, kid. Homemade pixie sticks. Yeah, it gave the oh other one to like another kid that happened to be walking by that wasn't part part of their group. That is terrible. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do it to a bunch of kids so it would look like it was a crazy neighbor. But when the police were questioning him after his son died, um, died in his arms, which is fucked. Um, <sighs> but like when the police were questioning them, him, he couldn't tell them what house he'd gotten them from, even though they'd only gone to a few houses because there had been a storm. Um, wow. Yeah. And like the life insurance policies that he'd taken out did not help his case. And, yeah, it was just, he'd also been talking to, like, uh, chemistry professors about where he could get whatever poison he used. Where do I buy kids. poison? Yeah. Wow. You're bad at this, sir. <laughs> You're really bad at this. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that was that story. And he's the worst. And he can, he died. Yeah. He He was executed. And... He Good. Been ex- May he rot in the pits of hell. Yeah. He should have been executed the same way he executed his son. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was... We'll stop there, and we'll do the rest next week. But I thought those were really fun. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right. Let's take, a, let's take a quick break. Okay. And we're back. Yeah, I'm excited for yours. All right. So, we're going to talk about Jerome, Arizona. Okay. Okay. Which is apparently one of the most haunted towns in America. I love it. Continue. So, this (laughs) is an article that was written by Patrick Thornton that I found at Ranker. Um, This one's pretty short, thankfully. So, um, <clears throat> Ranker can be a little long winded. They're wonderful, but they can be yeah, a little long winded. They really can. They're very <laughs> thorough. Yes. <laughs> this one's much shorter, though. So, thankfully. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, um, this was actually updated January 10th of 2020. Oh. So, here we go. Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. So, the town of Jerome, Arizona sits between Flagstaff and Prescott in the Black Hills of Yavapai country. And it's uh, county, sorry. And it's uh, and it's strange history draws visitors year after year. We need to go here. I want to yes. go to here. 
not only is Arizona beautiful, but there's ghosts. So <laughs> let's go. Um, <clears throat> we need to go to here. So founded in 1876, Jerome was a mining town that quickly flourished when copper, gold and silver were found in the area. All of it. All of that. That's so cool. So uh, the town boasted a number of successful restaurants, gambling halls and saloons, as well as an active red light district, Ooh. of course. Because, um, you know, people be fucking. Yeah. Um, in, its <laughs> in its heyday, Jerome had 15,000 residents, but by the 1950s, less than 200 people called Jerome home. Ooh. Living residents, anyway. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Jerome is said to be the most haunted town in the state of Arizona and perhaps even the United States. Um, things to do in Jerome include visiting a hospital turned hotel, staying there. Yes. Uh, where patients and staff still roam the halls. Ooh. You can also visit the many saloons and bordellos that saw high levels of mischief and mayhem. There's even a phantom cat who's always happy to spend the night with visitors in its former home we have I, a ghost cat oh i want to go play with the ghost cat that's all um, i want the history life. of jerome <laughs> we have one here <laughs> um the history of jerome arizona is complicated and a little murky but these are some of the best known stories of hauntings and paranormal phenomenon the con- the city has to offer Ooh. all right all right Tell me everything. The Jerome, the Jerome Grand Hotel might have thousands of ghosts roaming its halls. <gasps> All right. So long before it became a paranormal tourist destination, the Jerome Grand Hotel was the United Verde Hospital. Oh my God! I want to stay here so bad. <laughs> From 1927 to 1950, it's estimated that nearly 9,000 people expired there, often during surgery. I like it when people use the word expired to say people died. Yes. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> um, you expired. They expired. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't from our terrible surgical skills in the 20s. <laughs> um <laughs> When the hotel opened its doors in 1996, guests immediately began to report paranormal activity, including disembodied voices and a phantom gurney in the hallway. Ooh. I didn't know gurneys could be ghosts. (laughs) Apparently they can. That's interesting. Um, (laughs) The hotel staff has embraced the intense hauntings and keeps a 300-page notebook in the lobby for guests to write their experiences in. We have to go. Yes. They have to to replace the notebook every year. Oh, my God. There's all these notebooks. I have to read all of them. Full of stories. Yes. The third floor of the hotel is said to be the most haunted since it's where the old operating room was located. (gasps) The most haunted room is thought to be number 32, where two people took their lives. Guests often report seeing orbs and shadowy figures and are encouraged to ride the original Otis elevator with the ghost of Claude Harvey. Claude, (laughs) a maintenance man who met his end there in 1935, and he's still chilling. Could Some you imagine report hearing being at work for no. the rest of your afterlife? No. 
that blows that does actually i'd never want that to be my life no or afterlife <laughs> so um <clears throat> some guests report hearing a squeaky gurney on a linoleum floor outside their door even though all the hallways are now carpeted <gasps> Staff have reported receiving phone calls at the front desk from unoccupied rooms as well. That's my favorite thing. Mine too. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) I love it. Okay. The ghost of a saloon girl supposedly wanders the alleys of Jerome searching for her slayer. Ah! So, one of the harsh realities of living in Jerome was the constant danger experienced by women. Oh. Of course. It was a Wild West town, mm-hmm. and it was rapey. So, Sammy Dean was a Texan woman who grew up poor and worked in both a clothing factory and dry goods store at the turn of the 20th century. While records on Dean's adult life are spotty, she eventually ended up working at one of those more upscale bordellos in, J- in Jerome. Mm-hmm. Dean did well for herself living in Jerome. She owned her own car and had an extravagant collection of jewelry and was popular with clients in the red light district. She met a meaning she was good at what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she met a tragic demise in her own home in the evening of July 10th, 1930, according to reports. It's probably some dude who was like, you and fucking other people. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'm a sex worker. Um, yeah. The scene, <laughs> the scene looked like a robbery gone wrong, since both Dean's sidearm and large stash of cash were missing, oh. and the place had been ransacked. However, all of her expensive jewelry was left untouched. Weird. Mm-hmm. Rumors floated around Jerome that the mayor's son was the culprit after Dean refused to marry him. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh God, men. Uh, but the case remains unsolved to this day. That's so funny. They always end up attached. Yep. And if it was the mayor's son, that's why it was unsolved. But her vagina was magic. <laughs> it was magic. Uh, there's no other vagina like it. <laughs> Today, the ghost of Sammy Dean is said to... It's her fucking job. She's in customer service, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Today, the ghost of Sammy Dean is said to roam the alleys of the old red light district, and some people think her spirit is still in search of the one who did her wrong. Yas, bitch. I agree. You should do that. Love that for you. I love it. I love it. I love that journey for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, it was the wildest and wickedest of all Wild West towns. So, the population of Jerome steadily grew throughout the late 1800s, and it was mostly com- c- composed of male miners. Of course it was. People who were mining, not children, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a, <laughs> a common estate, a common estimate is that the population of the town was 78% male. Oh my god. Um um that can lead to some things. Um the gender discrepancy in <laughs> Jerome led to the building of a number of saloons, gambling halls, and bordellos, which contributed to high levels of hostility and aggression because, you know, you put a bunch of straight dudes in a town with like seven women, shit's going to get aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> There was even a section of Jerome nicknamed Husband's Alley, containing a number of brothels and bordellos with varying levels of respectability. That's kind of funny. (laughs) 
go pretend to be a husband. Yes. Um, <laughs> while you could get rich from mining in Jerome, there was an increasingly high chance of also getting robbed or worse. Jerome's unsavory reputation spread across the country in the ni- in 19 and in 1903 the New York Sun ran an article declaring Jerome the wickedest city in the west. Uh-huh. I want that on a fucking t-shirt. I do too. When Jerome's when Jerome saw three if that doesn't exist at the gift shop of this town, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> so <laughs> When Jerome saw three catastrophic fires in an 18-month period, some thought it was a sort of divine punishment for the sinful nature of the city. Oh, but yes. Jerome built itself, but but Jerome rebuilt itself every time. Um yeah, fires just happened cuz like everyone's houses were made of wood and people were, you know, it was the desert. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> it shit happens. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so, ready for this one? Yes. Of course. It's the best kind of haunting. The town's most popular bordello is rumored to be haunted by its former madam. Yes. Yas queen! All right, so, with its predominant... This makes me want to watch Westworld so badly. Okay, <laughs> so, with its predominantly male population, bordellos were one of the main ways miners could um, <clears throat> relax... Mm-hmm. After a day of hard labor in Jerome, <laughs> wet their whistle, so to speak. Gross. Dip your pickle, whatever it is. Gross. What are the other? T- Stop. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Play hide the salami. All oh right. my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The most successful bordello in town was Jenny's Place, which was run by Jenny Bouters. Bouters. Sure. A Belgian immigrant. Vouch. Sure. Uh, <laughs> a Belgian immigrant who, while not the first madam in Jerome, was definitely the most successful. Get it, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Jenny's life was cut short by a client, of course, in 1905, and some say she never left her bordello again. Now called the Mile High Inn, the site is home to countless reports of paranormal phenomena of all types including multiple sightings of jenny herself yes jenny yes girl work the housekeeping staff seems to be jenny's prime target that's hilarious perhaps the former madam wants to make sure everything is done to her liking when it's not the ghost has been known to throw objects across the room to get <laughs> the staff's attention <laughs> me as I a thought ghost it was gonna be like Sometimes a bucket's knocked over, but no, it's like, hey, <laughs> fucking clean. <laughs> clean the shit. Oh, that's awesome. Clean the shit or don't have Seriously. it. Seriously. Oh, we have to keep up our standards. All right. Um, this is, I think, the last one. Oh, no, we have two more. Oh, wow. There's a lot more. We might stop and, br- and do the rest of these next week. Okay. Um, but let's do, let's do the kitty cat first and then, and then we'll, we'll be done. Okay. Okay. So stories say there's a phantom cat looking for scritches in the Mile High Inn. Scritches. I'll give you some scritches. The Mile High Inn hosts a number of spirits, um, including its former owner and a male apparition who enjoys poking and pushing unsuspecting guests. Rude. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps the strangest case of ghost activity is the inn's ghost cat, who is said to have belonged to the original owner, Ginny Bouters. What? 
I thought she owned the bordello. Yeah, but now it's called the Mile High Inn. And so the cat's at the oh. Mile High Inn. Huh. Interesting. All right. Cool. <clears throat> oh, it's a grill and inn. Ooh. Look at that. We seriously so we need to go. There. Yeah, I want to go there so bad. There's a big old sign that says burgers. Oh. There's also a general store. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I bet there's the best candy. Okay. Yes. Um. Okay. So, guests have reported seeing paw prints and indentations on their beds, even though oh. there are no living animals in the building. No kitty. One guest heard scratching at the door to their room, but saw no cat when they opened the door. Oh, baby. They just want to come in. This phantom cat is supposed to look so real that guests have even tried picking it up, only to have the cat shockingly vanish in their arms. Oh. Consider that Consider that your warning if you visit the Mile High Inn and see a cat who looks like it just wants a pet. Mm-hmm. You just want to scratch your ears. Um, I would give it so many scratches. Oh, wow. There's a lot more. Wow. See, when I scrolled through it earlier, there were only like three or four stories. <laughs> Whatever. And now there are okay. a million. Well, <laughs> yes. And now there's a thousand. Maybe because it finally loaded. <laughs> All right. Well, we will pick this up next week. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. And ah, you guys keep it spooky. And remember, you are not a monster unless you're Timothy's dad. Bye, guys. <laughs> yes. Timothy's dad can suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.